Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Peaky Blinders by Story Archives. As you all know, Peaky Blinders is no longer airing at this moment as a TV series. And so in an effort to grow the rest of the network, we're posting little 15-minute teasers of other episodic commentaries we're doing of other television shows. So please uh, don't feel pressured to listen to them. We don't want to bombard your feed, but we have built a little bit of an audience on this channel. And so we want to help let you guys know what we're up to and what we're talking about. We just started a podcast on Last of Us. We're planning on launching one of Gangs of London. And this episode is a finale reaction to White Lotus Season 2. And uh, yeah, we just want you guys to enjoy it and hope you listen. And if you do enjoy it and you listen to the teaser full through, head on over to our main story archives channel where you can get the full episodes and tune into more regular weekly episodes that we'll be releasing. Currently, we're releasing two episodes a week. Like I said before, the first episode will be a weekly commentary about The Last of Us, which is a new series by HBO, as well as Gangs of London, which is more up your alley if you listen to the Peaky Blinders podcast. So please enjoy, and we hope you don't unsubscribe because we're posting this content here. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Story Archive Show. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside... Zachary Newton, your other host. Welcome. Welcome, guys. We are going to do an instant reaction to the White Lotus finale. We have not done an episodic commentary of this show as we've done with other television shows like Peaky Blinders and Lupin. But we wanted to hop on here because we've noticed that White Lotus was has become kind of like a worldwide phenomenon in a way. I've, everybody I talk to pretty much asks or talks about White Lotus, which is surprising because it is a very slow burn of a show. It really um, is typically don't see shows like this become like the topic of conversation but it's even uh, uh talking to my cousin on the phone the other day and i know he likes like uh stories like this i'm like you're watching white lotus aren't you and he's like of course <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so we get to the finale road here i know we're just jumping into season two at the end but i figured we might do this going forward with this show maybe just do kind of like a a beginning and end episode for each yeah. season just to kind of like start off midway cap and enter into the dialogue of a show that's definitely been an interesting an interesting little um i'm not i am not going to call this a whodunit or what happened type of thing because very much feels more that this show is all about character arcs and in just individual character profiles mm -hmm. and um a lot of the characters they introduce in this show have nothing to do with some of the um, like climactic moments that occurred in this finale, but specifically with yeah. Tanya's death. Um, and yeah, like there was the a whole lot of subplots there. going on. Yeah, it's it's more about like their individual journeys. Each of these characters, whether it be the marriage of Ethan and Harper, or Cameron and Daphne, and uh, the DeGrasso guys, the Dom, and I forget the grandfather's name. He's just the grandfather. Yeah. Um, he might be Dominic Senior, uh, and then Albie, the super woke third generation, who's been played <laughs> by this uh, by this hooker, uh, Lucia. Escort, escort, escort. My bad. Um, is that my canceled? <laughs> Am I canceled? Uh, she's a charming escort, right? She's mm -hmm. pretty charming. I would say her and Mia are the most charming characters, and I was a little sad at how little, how much. 
what small of a role they had to play in some of the bigger things. Because yeah. I had Mia bookmarked for death. Like I just had a feeling that she was going to die. I was completely wrong about that. I did have that feeling. She seemed a little too innocent early on in the show. Y- yeah, it felt almost like things are going too smoothly for her, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but really what those two are and Cameron, I think those are the three shit stirrers on the show. I think those are like the immovable objects. Lucia and Cameron specifically, probably. Yeah. They are the shit stirrers of all the conflict on the show. And uh, Cameron, it kind of dawned on me on this episode that, wait a minute, only Cameron is unchanged by all of these events that have occurred with him cheating on Daphne twice on vacation. <laughs> and uh, pretty much everybody else is affected by his actions on in their little core group, right? Because you have yeah. Daphne who's vindictive herself. So she pretty much, if he cheats, she's going back and, and doing something similar. Eye yeah. for an eye type of thing. Then you have Ethan and Harper who who pretty much don't have any sort of romantic chemistry the entire season until mm-hmm. him going after her kind of sparks the jealousy that needed to enliven it. Now, granted, in a, a moral way, in terms of whether that's like the the proper way of getting <laughs> that back, but but it had an unintended consequence of yeah. where you get that intimate moment between Ethan and Harper. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my my question for you is is did Cameron sleep with Harper? All right, so I think you know if you're a what's the word I'm looking for? If as men, you know, uh-huh. if you're a you know a dominant or aggressive uh, man, which I think well, I don't think most are aggressive, but speaking for myself, I think we've all had jealous moments in a relationship with a girlfriend and. Uh, you can imagine like where if your mind goes crazy, like the song Mr. Brightside from The Killers, mm-hmm. if you ever heard it. Yeah, uh, it's like your mind starts to make things like up at a certain point. Uh, I personally thought going into this that Harper staged it in such a way because she wanted to put Ethan in a similar predicament that she's in, that she mm-hmm. has to trust his word that he didn't do anything with the escorts, right? Yeah. Because she doesn't know. She wasn't there. So she just has to trust him that, hey, I've never lied to you. I would never do this. Well, she's doing the same back saying, hey, I would never lie to you. Why would you, you know, why would I do this? But it turns out she actually did do something. I have a feeling they did a little more than kiss it. If you you ask me. I would feel so like that as well. Got it. Um, Hold on one second. Probably speaking too loud here. Um... It's as low as it can be on my end. Cool? Yeah. All right. Sorry, guys. Mike, uh, Mike issues here. We have... Um, yeah, I I have a feeling she did more, personally. But it was surprising so to too. me. Yeah. I, I, I kind of think so, too. But I was like, ah. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Well, you know, you know the, the whole thing for me was when she talks to him like, it was, no, it was a nothing. It was a nothing. You came up. So if he had been there 15 minutes later, y'all probably would have had sex. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like the logic was out the window. The only reason mm-hmm. they didn't do more was because he didn't get there fast enough. Because mm-hmm. she literally says, we did nothing. We kissed and then you knocked on the door. Which yeah. means if I didn't knock on the door, but you would have done something with Cameron, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think the show does a good job of putting you in the shoes of certain characters yeah, uh, Ethan's like this episode, particularly in the last one, you kind of see the unraveling of Ethan. 
but I'm glad they they kind of knock it out immediately. I think a lot of other shows would drag out that storyline mm-hmm. where we wouldn't have had Ethan confronting until the middle of the episode. Uh, but I thought there was a few key little moments because I don't think Cameron is as uh, daft or kind of like unaware of what's going on around him. If you mm-hmm. see in the beginning, they kind of have like a little montage where you see him um, in the bathroom flossing and his and Daphne's talking to the kids and she keeps calling him to talk to, to the son who's calling for, for yeah. his dad. And he's like, he looks pissed. Which to me, I think he knows that that kid is not his. Mm. Did, by the, because we never talked about this before. But did no, you? We haven't talked about it. It's almost certainly the trainer's kid. Remember, she has that moment yeah, with uh, with that. with Harper. Yeah, yeah so, I, I would imagine that it's not his kid actually. So I think there's kind of this weird agreement between the two because they have a somewhat, they have a weird dynamic in their marriage, mm-hmm. where it feels like they have a very fiery. Uh, dysfunctional but yet weirdly healthy marriage because she deals with his behavior and he almost understands that I need this woman like I unravel if she's not around Mm -hmm. and um, at the same time I also know she's vindictive as shit and she's probably doing (laughs) something right back to me you know yeah yeah I mean they they, they do have uh, seem to have some sort of unspoken agreement I don't know if I would call it healthy uh, but, but what I mean they, is, they like, definitely do have an, like some unspoken agreement where you know they're able to to tolerate each yeah. other. Yeah, by healthy I mean like it works for them. It does work for them. But it appears to work for it them. It appears for how long. And what I meant like the two pronged of that is like it appears to work for them, mm-hmm. and at the same time it appears that they're going to stay together. That they are not at risk of any divorce here. Yeah. Um, that's really what I meant by that. Yeah. Um, by the way, if I had to do book odds of betting odds of who's going to be in the next season, mm-hmm. I would guess that them two would be in the next season because um, I watched on rewatch of this finale. I think the creator's name is Mike White, if uh, mm-hmm. if Jimmy can pull that up. Um, and he talks about pretty much three acts here with the show where the first season was about money. The second season's theme was sex. Uh, and the third season's theme, he would like it to be about death and Eastern religion, like spirituality and Eastern, like mm-hmm. a kind of like a commentary or like a, a comedic commentary on that. Um, yeah. And he mentions Eastern religion, which would be in the East. Yeah. And Daphne in the toast in this episode says, next summer, the Maldives, which I believe is, I mean, geographically, I, maybe I'm not great, but I'm pretty sure that's in Southeast Asia. I think so. And yeah, Jimmy said... Uh, Mike White is the creator of The White Lotus. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you for listening to part of this episode. You can listen to the full episode over on the Story Archives podcast. You can find that podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts. Or you can visit a website at soapbox.house where you find links out to this podcast and a whole bunch of others. See you there.